0: Spirit we welcome you today Holy Spirit come and have your way fall afresh on us like you did that day thousands of years ago and you fell upon hundred and twenty disciples fall upon us today Holy Spirit fill us consume us engulf us release your power through our lives oh God let your will be done to the glory of your name Lord God be glorified in and through us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Please be seated, church. And thank you so much, tribal GF, Buddha. God bless you. So today is Pentecost Sunday, and I don't know how many of us were here for Fresh Fire. Wasn't that an amazing time in God's presence? And I'd like us to celebrate Pastor Derrile for leading us in a simply amazing time in God's presence. You know, I consider it an honor and a privilege to get to share the word of God on Pentecost Sunday. You know, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, he commanded the Jews to count seven full weeks, 49 days. Beginning on the second day of Passover, and then at the end of 49, 50 days, to present offerings of new grain to the Lord as a lasting ordinance. That festival was called Pentecost. It was also called the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Harvest, because Pentecost gets its root in a Greek word which means. Pentecostos, which means 50 or the 50th. So Pentecost, the festival of Pentecost, wasn't anything new to the Jewish calendar. It has been celebrated for thousands of years. And what is so exciting about it is that Pentecost in the Jewish calendar took place 50 days after Passover Sabbath. Which is the day when the Jews would celebrate and thank God for his mighty deliverance from Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. You know, the night before that mighty deliverance, a story that I'm sure we'll know, a lot of us will know. God commanded them to take a lamb, a lamb without spots, a lamb without blemish, and to sacrifice it, and take the blood, and with herbs, dab it on the doorpost, the entry points to their house. And the reason behind it was the blood acts as a protection, and it kept them from being killed by the angel of destruction who was passing through the land. And who was going to kill every male of the Egyptians, whether it be human or animal. But you know, the interesting thing was that from 50 days, the Jews now celebrated the festival of Pentecost. And so the Pentecost that we read about in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, was nothing new. The only thing is that it was different on that day. So come with me as we read Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 1 to 18. And I'm reading the Passion Translation. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. And they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never heard. Now, at that time, there were Jewish worshippers who had emigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. Then when the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from. Stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? Now, you know what I did was... From the TPT, you know, sometimes when you hear Mesopotamia and all those places, you wonder that where exactly are they? So what I did was that I inserted modern-day places that we will relate to. So they said, we are Northeastern Iranians. We are Northwestern Iranians. We are Elamites, modern-day Kushestans, a small part of southern Iraq. We are from Mesopotamia. We are from Iraq, from parts of Syria. From southeastern Turkey, southwestern Iran, from Judea, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, from Asia, from north-central Turkey, from Egypt, from Libya. We are neighbors of Syrian. We are visitors from all over the Roman Empire. We are Jews. We are converts to Judaism. We are from Crete. We are from Greece. We are Arabs. And yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty words in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. But Peter stood up with 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Listen carefully, my fellow brethren, Jesus House in person, Jesus House base and those of us watching online. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. For it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. And cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. Amen. So that day... Over 2,000 years ago, that Pentecost, it was different. It was different because that day, Pentecost was fulfilled. And you know, this special Pentecost in the New Testament that we read about, there was a parallel to the Pentecost we spoke about just earlier in the Old Testament. Because the Pentecost Sunday was exactly 50 days after Good Friday and Easter Sunday. It was exactly 50 days after when the Lamb of God... Jesus, the blameless and perfect, sinless lamb of God, died on the cross, shed his blood for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of the whole world. And then three days later, he rose triumphantly to set you and I captive, free from every captivity of sin and Satan, into freedom in Christ Jesus. So 50 days after that, the disciples, 120 of them were gathered in a place, in a house, to celebrate Pentecost, to celebrate the feast of the first fruits, to celebrate the feast of weeks, to celebrate the feast of harvest, as they normally would. And so they sat there. But this Pentecost was going to be completely different. It was different because usually when they finish those celebrations, everybody goes home. But Jesus had told them that they should wait. And so they waited. They waited because Jesus told them in Luke 24, verse 49, Luke 24, verse 49, that listen carefully. I'm sending the promise of my father, the Holy Spirit upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem. You are to wait until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. And so the disciples, the 12 apostles and 116 others, men and women, they waited, they waited, they waited, they waited. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit, to the sound of a violent blast of wind, descended from on high and he poured out his spirit upon them all. Tongues of fire fell upon the disciples and the result of this is that the lives of the 120 disciples, their lives were changed and the result was that our lives and the life of the church is changed because on that day the church was born. And so the day of Pentecost is a significant one in the lives of Christians. Just like Christmas is significant and just like Easter is significant, Pentecost is so significant in the lives of Christians. Why is it significant? Number one, it's significant because it's the day that the Holy Spirit became more intimate and more personal with you and I. He became more intimate and more personal with every single person who believes in Jesus Christ. It was the day that the Holy Spirit filled his disciples completely. You know, the Holy Spirit throughout the scriptures, from the beginning, has always been present. He's the a, he's a third person of the Godhead. And I'll quickly say that when we hear third person of the Godhead, it doesn't mean that he's third in hierarchy. It just means that he's the, he, he, in scripture, he's revealed third. So in the Old Testament, we read about God the Father. In the New Testament, we read about Jesus, God the Son. And in Acts of the Apostles, which I personally believe should have been called Acts of the Holy Spirit... We are reve- re- the Holy Spirit is revealed to you and I, and that's why he's the third. they call him the third person of the Godhead, not because he is third in hierarchy. They are one. And so we see that the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible has always been present. At creation, he was present. We read in Genesis 1-2 in the Amplified, where it talks about the Holy Spirit moving and brooding and hovering over the face of the earth. And as we go through the Bible, we, we read time after time of the Holy Spirit's presence As the children of Israel, when they had been delivered from Pharaoh, as they got to the Red Sea, it was the Holy Spirit that parted the Red Sea. When they were hungry and they needed food, it was the Holy Spirit that brought quail to land so that they could eat. When they walked through the wilderness, their tent of worship, their tent of tabernacle, it was the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would come down and descend upon the tent of tabernacles and meet with Moses and speak to them. It was also the Holy Spirit that was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead, to guide, to keep them warm, to protect them from animals. It was the Holy Spirit. We also read how men and women in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will come upon them and empower them to enable them to do what he would have them do. I think of Saul. I think of Samson. I think of Deborah. The Holy Spirit will come upon them and empower them. And they will rise up as new men and women and they will do what God would have them do. And then the Holy Spirit, once the job was done, would go. But the difference about Pentecost was that when the Holy Spirit came, he became personally personally intimate with every single human being. He became personally intimate with every single one of those 120 disciples. And he became personally intimate with you you and you and you and you and everybody here and me and everybody watching online. He poured out himself on all flesh. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, like tongues of fire, rested on each one of them. It was individual. It was personal. It was intimate. He filled them. He diffused through their being. He engulfed them. It was a one-on-one experience. And what was beautiful about that day, that no more did the Holy Spirit just descend. And once the work was done, he would go back to heaven. No. On that day, he came and he dwelt in them as he dwells in us. You know, Jesus said in John 14 verse 16 that I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior. I love that. The Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like me. He will never leave you. On that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit became a friend. A friend who would never leave. The Holy Spirit took residence in our lives, in the life of the believer and he will never leave. As long as we do not grieve him. And so today, as we celebrate Pentecost, we remember, we remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit is our friend, he's your friend, he's my friend, and that he wants to be intimate with you, and he wants a personal relationship with you. The Holy Spirit is more than a feeling, he's not a wind, he is not a fire, those are manifestations of his presence. He is not water, no, he is a person. And he wants to be intimate with you and I. And he wants to never leave us. And as believers, we must respond to his love. We must respond to his wooing us. We must respond to his desire to be intimate with us. We must respond to his desire to pour out his spirit over us. You know, I love how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit in John 14 verse 26, the Amplified Version. He says, but, speaking about the Holy Spirit, but the Comforter. The counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strength and the standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, Jesus speaking, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. You know, the Holy Spirit is really all you and I need. It's all we need. He's, the only, he's what we need, who we need as Christians to live a victorious and overcoming life in this world. And so how do we respond what should you and I's response be? Our response is to be intentional and to, so on a daily basis, commit ourselves to developing and nurturing our relationship with the Holy Spirit by talking with Him, by listening to Him, by reading His Word, by seeking His will, His wisdom, His guidance, by asking Him how to help us to pray. By asking him to pray for us, by obeying what he tells us to do, and by not doing what he tells us to do. We must be like the disciples on that day who waited, and waited, and waited some more. We must wait for the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the paracleta in Greek. And it means the one who comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives, and to save us from its every effect. The Holy Spirit comes to protect, to defend, and to save us from ourselves. To save us from ourselves. And our enemies and to keep us whole and healed. You and I need the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is, as Benny Hinn would often say, he is our senior partner. We need him every moment of our lives. He's with us, waiting for us to invite him in and to help us to live a life of victory. The second reason why Pentecost is so special. In the lives of believers. Is that it reminds us about the Holy Spirit's role. In empowering us as Christians. To do the Father's work. That his kingdom may come. You know our core text in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. It says they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. And they were inspired to speak in tongues. Empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. You know the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost empowered Ordinary, regular men and women like you and I. They were unlearned. And I mean, I don't mean we're not learned, but they were unlearned. A lot of them uneducated. Some were fishermen. They, are, they were, as Paul said, nothing that compelled them. There was nothing that compelled them. A lot, a, a lot like myself. I think about it, that there is nothing. There is nothing that compels me. But the same way the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples that day is the same way today the Holy Spirit will come upon us and ordinary men and women, boys and girls, become anointed and empowered to do God's work. You know, part of the shock, you know, you read in the scripture how they say that people ran from all over the place to find out what the commotion was about. The commotion was partly that here are unlearned men, fishermen, who was speaking fluently languages from 15 countries. And it was obvious that they hadn't been to school. But it was obvious that the Holy Spirit had done something and transformed these people. I'm reminded of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, who a couple of weeks ago was scared, was afraid, was intimidated by the Romans, by the Sadducees and the Pharisees, so much so that he denied our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit comes upon him and all of a sudden Peter is filled with power. He's filled with boldness and confidence and he stands and he preaches the gospel. So much so that 3,000 people were saved on that day, were baptized and added to the church. That is the working of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens to a man or a woman, irrespective of what they can or cannot do when the Holy Spirit empowers them. And so today as we remember Pentecost, as we celebrate Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples on that day, He wants to do the same in your life, and he wants to do the same in my life. To so every single person who is watching online all over the world, He wants to do the same in your life. It's not about our abilities. It's not about our intellect. It's not about our experience. It's not about our age. It's not about options, it's not about our skills. It's not about what we feel we can or cannot do. It is about the Holy Spirit empowering us. And you know, as a habit by the grace of God, without fail every day, I cry out to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, you empower me because I, you're all I need. Without you, I can do nothing. But with you, there is nothing I cannot do. And all of us have been given the great commission to go and make disciples of all men. To share the gospel as we've heard time and time again today, Pastor Derrile's prayers, Deborah's prayers. We've heard it so many times today that God is calling us. And you know, Pentecost is the birth of the church. So as we celebrate church, our birthday, part of what our father is telling us is that on your birthday, I'm I'm reminding you of your mandate to go out and share the gospel. To share the love of Christ with our neighbors, with our work colleagues to use our gifts and talents in our various spheres of influence. Whether it's at our, at where we work, whether it's where we do business, whether it's our schools, our communities, the gym, wherever we go, whatever we do to touch lives and draw people to Jesus Christ. You don't have to, be a, you don't have, to have a pulpit ministry, you know. Sometimes I find out that that thing just seems to limit us. You don't need to stand here, no. There are many people that I have met that they have a more effective ministry than I do. Because they're going into places that I can't imagine what it's like. And each and every single one of us has a place like that. A sphere of influence. And on Pentecost, God is reminding us to go out and share the gospel. How our society needs to hear the gospel preached in truth. Not my truth. Not relative truth. But the truth. And today the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, He's empowering us to go out and preach the gospel and to preach the truth. Not in a judgmental way, not in an insensitive way, but preach without compromise, preach with power, preach with boldness, preach with courage, the gospel must be preached. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. And I know it's difficult in a society that mocks religion, that mocks Christianity, that mocks a a cancel culture that once I don't understand and I don't agree with it, I cancel it. But that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because to preach the gospel in this day and age is not by power, it's not by might, it's not by eloquence, it's by the spirit of the Lord. And today Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is falling His spirit upon us. He's empowering us to go out and preach the gospel. Like Deborah said, "England, our nation 10 years ago is not our nation now. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to embolden us. To give us the ability to do what in our own strength we would never do, to give us utterance. You know, when I think of empowering, I always remember that animated movie, which I'm sure a lot of us must have watched, Turbo. And for those of us that might have not watched Turbo, it's an old animated movie, but it's simply fantastic because it drives home what empowerment is. And so here you have this snail, S-N-A-I-L, snail. And he has this freak accident. And all of a sudden, some force takes him over and his snail suddenly is endowed with the power of speed. And he's beating Formula One. Can you imagine? He would beat, uh, uh, what's his name? Lewis Hamilton, uh, 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 Schumacher and you know, all of them. And he was so fast. And he, you know, went on and he won the race and I mean, if you haven't watched that movie, it's simply fantastic. And that's really what the Holy Spirit does for you and I. In ourselves, we are snails. You know, you know, you, when we bounce up and down, we think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, (laughs) All all one needs is, you know, to realize that really it's not so. And so the Holy Spirit, like Tobo, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and suddenly our our snail ability becomes Formula One. That's empowerment. There is nothing that God calls us to do that through his empowerment we cannot do. All you and I need to do is to ask. And keep on asking him until he gives it to us. And he will give it to us. Because Jesus said that who will ask, will a son ask a father for stone, for, for bread and give him a stone? Or ask for fish and give him a serpent? That how much more will I give you the Holy Spirit if you ask me? Thirdly, Pentecost reminds us that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, there are signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, not just for ourselves, to make ourselves feel good as believers but signs and wonders that would draw people to the knowledge of Christ. You know, on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 people, 3,000. I mean, look at us here. I don't know how many we are, but 3,000 people heard a message Peter shared and they gave their lives. The Bible says they, they, they believed the word, they were baptized, and they were added to the church in one message. On that day, We saw 120 people speaking in different tongues. We saw the boldness and the utterance of Peter. All these signs and wonders were what drew drew the people. (laughs) We need signs and wonders in our church today. Enough of a powerless church. On this Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is reminding us and pouring out his spirit that, you know what? If you will believe, I will work signs and wonders. That the ears of those that hear would singl[e] and marvel and people would begin to run to the church. Like, the, like they said in that day, That what is that phenomenon? You know, I had the privilege of listening to a gentleman who um, lived in a country where people, Christians are persecuted for their faith. And he was being persecuted for his faith. But regardless, he stood strong. I was preaching the gospel and I thought, wow. And he spoke about what were the three top things that won people to Christ. The first two, I must admit, I digression from for my message, but I'll just throw it in. The first was that what wins, and he was talking about Muslims, what wins Muslims to Christ is that they look at us in the body of Christ and they see how we love each other. That's number one. So when I'm quarreling with Pastor Denrily and I'm bearing malice against Pastor Denrily, the Muslims, they look at it and they say, hmm, if they fight amongst themselves, if they bear malice in the church, I'm, I'm not going there. He told us, that's number one. they watch how we love ourselves. The second thing they said was that they watch how we love them. And the third thing is that signs and wonders. So I don't know if you've if you followed the the news of things that's happening in in you know those worlds. They're seeing Jesus. They're you know they're healings, spawning miracles. Things are happening. People are seeing visions, angels, Jesus. And they're coming to Christ by their thousands. We need signs and wonders to come back to the church. Like Pastor Daryl said this morning, that somebody walks in and all of a sudden, the person rises up from, you know, and they're healed and they're made whole. We need that we need a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. How we need the Holy Spirit to move in and through us with power and signs and wonders. That the world may see and know that Jesus is Lord. I thought to myself that in these times, how we need that. We need the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of power. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 to 6, the New King James Version, it says, my speech and preaching, was not with persuasive words of man, human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You know, church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come back to the church. We need it. And my prayer is that like it came on the day of Pentecost, that it will come in this church. It will come to everyone watching online. It will come to the body of Christ in the United Kingdom. It will come to the body of Christ all over the world on this day of Pentecost. How we need the Holy Spirit. You know, as I prepared this message, I kept on being reminded about the battle. um, The contention is the word. Between Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Camel. And I kept thinking about it and how, you know, they did all they did. And then Elijah just came. In fact, He was mocking them. Elijah just came and and built an altar and called on Jehovah God. And how the fire fell from heaven, which was the Holy Spirit. And how he consumed everything that was not of God. And then the Bible says he built an altar in the name of the Lord. You know, as we start pursuit of God. 2023 which is themed contending for the higher ground you and I need to contend for the higher ground there's so much to contend for you and I need to contend for this land like Deborah said 10 years ago the land has changed I was born in this country but I went back to Nigeria when I came back probably about 30 years ago this country is nothing like it was in 30 years in my lifetime so, it means that we must contend for this nation. We must contend for our marriages. We must contend for our children. If you have a child in school, my goodness. Try to walk their minds. Try to confuse them. We must contend. We must contend for our Mind. They're trying to convince us that right is wrong and wrong is right. I said, No. We must contend. We must contend for our health. The Bible tells us Jesus was whipped 39 times, and I hear that every single disease common to man Amen. is in those stripes. He hung on the cross. He said it is perfectly perfect. This is finished. There is nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything is as it should be. So we must contend for our health. Enough of the enemy trying to tell us lies. That that's how God wanted it. No! We must contend for our health. We must contend for our finances. Enemy tries to limit us, to box the church in. To make us out like we don't have money, like we're paupers. No! Jesus became poor, that you and I, through his poverty, might become rich. We must contend for our finances. So this pursuit of God, we must come. But it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Holy Spirit. We must come and ask the Holy Spirit to daily empower us, so that we might contend and take back what is rightfully ours. And as we prepare for the altar on Friday, the 30th of May, like Pastor Shola said, we need the Holy Spirit to consume every false altar in this land. You know, like Elijah at, the, at, at Mount Carmel, He just, you know, by the power of God destroyed all the altars. Is how I am believing, and I'm sure you are too. That on Friday the 30th of June, <laughs> every false altar is destroyed. And as we worship... As all those men and women, as they worship, as they lead us in worship. As Ariola, as Ducey, as Sinai, as all of them lead us in worship. We will build an altar to our God and our God will be enthroned. I'm believing that on that day that people will be walking past Wembley. They'll be like, what's happening? Wembley's on fire. Wembley's on fire. What is happening? But it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost. We'll build an altar in worship to the true and only living God. Enough of all these things. We will build by the grace of God. <laughs> but we need the Holy Spirit. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's not by persuasive words. It is by the Spirit of God. And so my, pray, my cry, and I'm sure your cry is, please come Holy Spirit. Please come on this day of Pentecost. Come. Come like you did 2,000 years ago. Come again. Fill us up afresh. Empower us. Strengthen us. Turn our lives around. Remove every limitation. Remove every stronghold. And empower us. Empower us. And on Pentecost Sunday, it would be remiss of me if I didn't invite anyone who didn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because the starting point Is really Jesus Christ. He came. He died. He rose again on the third day. And then he told his disciples as he tells us that. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'll send you another. Another like me. But the beauty of the Holy Spirit was that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Jesus when he walked on the face of the earth was in one place. If he was in Galilee, he couldn't be in Judea. But the Holy Spirit, right now, he's here. He's in North Korea with Christians that are being persecuted for their faith. He's there. He's in northern Nigeria. He's there. He's there. He's everywhere. And this Pentecost, he's pouring out his spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. And so today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's calling you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, come to me, I love you. Come, let me take over your life as we heard during the fresh fire. Let me engulf you, let me empower you. Let me show you that with you, I through you, I can do great and mighty things. Let me develop an intimate, personal relationship with you. And so if you are here today in person, or you're watching online and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today, as I, as far as I'm concerned, the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church, is a, as good a day as ever to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if that is you, I'd like you to raise your hand, not to anyone, but just as a sign that Jesus, I need you in my life. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, this whole message, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, is really something to just bank for the future because it has, no, it, it, it has no expression. Because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus came to draw us to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Secondly, I would like us to rise to our feet. And I would like us to cry out to the Holy Spirit that on this Pentecost day, on this day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh for the days and the weeks ahead. Fill me afresh for the journey ahead. Fill me afresh for the contentions. Fill me afresh for what you're going to ask me to do. Fill me afresh for the assignment that you have given me fill me afresh to preach the gospel with fire with boldness with confidence fill me afresh that signs and wonders might follow everywhere i go church let's lift our voices and cry out on the day of pentecost they said there was a loud roar brethren lift your voices and cry out to the lord god cry out lift your voices ask the holy spirit to come and fill you afresh to fill you anew in the mighty name of jesus holy spirit we welcome you today Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, we welcome you, Spirit of truth, Spirit of power, Spirit of might, Spirit of understanding, we welcome you, our great intercessor, we welcome you, we say Holy Spirit, please come, please come Holy Spirit, we need you, we need you on this day of Pentecost, we need you like never before. Where would we be without you, Holy Spirit? We can do nothing without you, Holy Spirit. In you we live. In you we move. In you we have our being. Come and help us, Holy Spirit. Empower us for victory. Empower us for signs and wonders. Empower us, oh God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done through us, oh God. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Give us wisdom, Holy Spirit. We lack wisdom. Give us knowledge, we lack knowledge. Give us understanding, we lack knowledge, oh God. Lead and guide and guard us, oh God. Lead us into all truth, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. You are our friend, oh God. We need you, we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Please come, please come. Teach us how to wait on you, oh God. Teach us how to read your word and see you through the scriptures, oh God. Teach us, oh God, not to do things, oh God, that grieve your heart teach us Holy Spirit Teach us how to obey your word. Teach us how to hear your voice, to hear what you're saying, oh God. Teach us how to listen and obey. Teach us how to be obedient, oh God. Teach us how to decrease that you'll increase in us, oh God. Teach us, oh God, Father, for more of you, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Holy Spirit, on this Pentecost, oh God, like it happened thousands of years ago, oh God. Let us be a Pentecost, oh God, that we'll never forget, oh God. As we go home, oh God, go with us, Holy Spirit. Set us on fire for you, O oh God. As we sleep tonight, O oh God. Let us have visions of angels, O oh God. Angels descending, ascending, bringing the will of God. Holy Spirit, move, O oh God. Move in Jesus' house, O oh God. Move in this church. Move through the lives of everybody listening online, O oh God. Father, when the heart be granted, O oh God, when they gather again, move, Holy Spirit, O oh God. Do a new thing in our lives, O oh God. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, how we need you, oh come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit we thank you, we give you praise, we love you Holy Spirit, with every fiber of my being, Father, I love you Holy Spirit, where would I be without you Holy Spirit, where would I be, what would I do without you, your guiding, your leading, your wisdom, your knowledge, your strength, your power, your might, for making ways where there's no ways, what would I do without you Holy Spirit, but today on this day of Pentecost, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I worship you, I honor you. Receive all our praise. Receive all our glory. Receive all the honor, of Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and worshiped. Amen and amen.